Hey, this is Shamina. This is the Two Quick Things podcast. Um, I took last week off. Thanks for your patience with that. I was tired and traveling, so I don't really feel like I need to explain that, but I did, and that's all I'm going to say about that. This week's topics, <laughs> excuse me, are going to be around freedom or freeing yourself and then emotional transfer. So I don't have a ton of notes on these because they've, they've just been swirling around in my mind, so so go with me, please. Um the first thing around freeing yourself. So there were three things that I discovered or maybe paid a little bit more attention to as I had some brain capacity that I felt like I wanted to free myself from. And I hope that some of this will be freeing for you as you think about it. The first one, I'm working on freeing myself from over-explaining myself to other people um, in situations where people may ask a question and I could be team too much and say too much with my response. But I'm really trying to think about how short and brief uh, my answers are, are typically the right way to go. Because really, I don't owe anybody an explanation for anything, case in point. So I was running with a friend the other day and at the end of the run, said friend wanted to take a photo to post on Facebook, I think. Uh, I think it was on Facebook. And I said, no, thank you. I don't want to. And then it turned into this like three minute thing where they felt like they needed to know why I didn't um, want to take a picture. And I was like, I just don't want to take a picture. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me and you. There's not like I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I just don't want to be in a picture right now. And I realized that that person got in a huff about it. And it was so silly. And I found myself wanting to explain, you know, I don't want to be in a picture because I don't always want to be in a picture. I don't need to put everything. I wanted to go through all of these reasons why I didn't want to be in a picture. But really, I have the agency to not want to be in a picture if I don't want to be and to not over explain myself. I said no. And that is enough. And so I'm working on finding a place where I'm comfortable with that. Um, I read something somewhere and I can't remember exactly where I saw it. It was probably Instagram, to be honest. And it was something about over, we over explain because we're used to people. It's like some childhood shit of um, when we were a child, we felt like we had to over explain so people understood and wouldn't be mad at us or something to that effect. If I can find it, then I'll repost it. But I was like, I need to free myself of doing that because my short and brief answer is enough. What I have to say is enough, and I don't need to make you understand or help you manage your own emotions and feelings around what I want to do for myself. I know this happens with work stuff. You know, we all are in situations sometimes where we'll give an answer and then we'll just get a blank stare back from someone else across the table and whatnot, and you're just like, you want to be like, I said what I said, and that we're going to move on now. But it's it can be challenging to be in that space where you don't over-explain, and so catch yourself when you're getting ready to say more than what your original answer was. Like, no, thank you. That's more than enough of a response because no is enough of a response by itself. But if you say no, thank you, you put a little bit of niceness on it and then you move on. So I've done that a few times in the last few weeks and people are really um, struck by like, oh, you don't have anything more to say? No, I've said that I'm all, all that I'm prepared to say on this. Thank you. And then moving right along. So, I'm, I, again, I'm working on freeing myself of, like, the over-explaining piece. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm also still a little bit sick. So shout out to Nasima of the Nurses on Fire podcast who texted me and was like, girl, you sounded sick. And I was like, you would know that because you're a nurse. Um, the second thing of freeing myself from 
holding on to all the shoulds in life as we're in this last, what, 30 days, 31 ish days, depending on when you're listening to this days of the calendar year. There's all these things like I should have done this during the year. I should have reached this goal. I should have. I should. You shouldn't yourself out of so many things that you're not paying attention to the moment and you're planning for all these things that are going to happen January 1st. Um, If you know me in real life, you know, I hate when people are like, new year, new me. Nah, girl, it's just a different day. It's probably the same you because you're going to kickstart this thing. You're going to pretend to go to the gym and like something magical happens January 1 when it really each day is a new opportunity for us to change behavior, to do the things we should or to move the needle an inch inch towards where we actually want to be. So. Um, holding on to free yourselves from all these shoulds, like I should have this job, I should make this salary, I should have, you know, weigh this much, I should do better with my eating, and just fucking do it. Stop with all the shoulds. I think it's easy for us to be like, I'm gonna new, I'm gonna reset, I'm gonna start this new food thing, and like we jump into this for three days and then we get mad because we did something that fell outside the lines. Give yourself some grace. Nobody is counting all the, all the goals that you say you have. That's fine if you don't get it done. If you are acknowledging and you're recognizing, okay, I tried to work on this. It didn't work. Let me give myself some grace and let go of all the shoulds that I've been holding on to. And sometimes we hold on to those things I should have done because other people said that I should have done that. Or you're looking at your neighbor and you're like, wow, they did it. I should be able to do that. Baby, that's not your ministry sometimes. It's just simply not your ministry. And so when you let go and recognize that everything ain't for everybody, I think Joe Scott said that in a song, then you'll relax a little bit and and start to lean into the things that are for you and open yourself up to the possibility that you can create your own path. You don't need to run behind someone else, what someone else has done, because you're not them. You don't have the same access as them, even though you think you might. You don't have the same skill, the same training, the same passion, the same opportunities are not going to walk in front of you as they do someone else. So if you're looking at all the things you should do, pay attention to what you actually want to do and what actually makes you happy on the inside. And where do you want to go with that as opposed to living in what someone else's dreams are for you or what you see the next person doing? So working on removing all of those shoulds or at least minimizing them so they don't take over and that you don't live in this pool of guilt because you should have done this, but you didn't get it done. Give yourself some grace. Restart whenever you want to or don't start at all if you don't want to. If it's not something that you want to do, even if other people have it in their heart that you should do it, that don't mean nothing to you at the end of the day. So holding on to all of those shoulds, free yourself from that. I promise you, you're going to sleep better when you do. Um, And the last one under freeing yourself, um, this is a constant uh, practice that I try, is trying to free myself from contorting into what is pleasing or consumable to other people in the masses. So, for example, this podcast, I love doing it. It ain't going to hit everybody the same. It's not going to land everybody the same. I could certainly do some things to structure, like I could begin with talking about this and telling you how my week was, and I could end with like a Q&A. But I'm like, sometimes people don't have questions. So I could make it up, but what's the point? But rather than me uh, doing things to kind of fit this, 
I have to come from a place that I feel good about and that works for me and that I can maintain consistency around instead of being consumable for every person. Some people may be annoyed at my voice, but don't listen. That's fine. I'm going to be fine. You're not, I can't pay any bills with your non-listen or with your listen. So there's that. But I think there's this, this thing around making sure that we're so prim and proper and we're like squeezed enough to fit into a box that, so we can be consumable for everybody, for everybody when that's not what you're designed for. Like I said, everything ain't for everybody and neither are you. I was reading this article. I think it was a Harvard Business Review article. I'll pull it up while I am um, talking. And it was around, the topic is the cost of code switching. And it was a challenge to read, well written, so I'll give it that for sure. There were some good points, but there was there are a few parts in there where they're just like, basically like, um, and it, it was very much like around black folks and the, their code switching, their, our code switching, um, and how we need to strategically use it so that it benefit, benefits us in the long run and how organizations can um, start to value um, and see diversity as different than inclusion and how they go about inviting people to meetings, engaging in conversations and whatnot. And it just felt like another form of, hey, black folks, you need to code switch in this way so that you can be accepted into this space so that you can actually get access to X, Y, and Z. And really, there are some spaces that need us to show up. There, there, All these spaces need us as black folks to show up as we are fully so that we can start to contribute. I was just talking to wife earlier today. We were listening to a podcast around money. So this is a slight tangent, but we're listening to a podcast around money. And t- they always talk about diversifying your money and diversifying your funds in a 401k or in an IRA, an individual retirement account, or in a brokerage firm and diversifying where you put money. And I was saying, isn't it crazy how all these people, um, and I'm going to say all the, like lots of white people who are in the financial industry talk about diversifying funds, but yet they don't want to diversify the workplace that they're in. Or they do it in this half-ass, haphazard way that doesn't make any sense and that doesn't, isn't sustainable to keep the diversity there. But you want to have your, your money's going to work better for you if you diversify it. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So why wouldn't you want to do that with the people that you work with? Think about that. You know what I mean? Think about that. I think I'm going to use that example at work the next time an opportunity presents itself. And by next time, I mean the next meeting I'm in, I'm just going to bring it up. Um, because I like to make sure that we talk about diversity, inclusion, inclusion, and equity at any opportunity that we can. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not necessarily my forte in terms of like knowing all the specific language or the words to use, but I'm I'm going to bring it up every time every time that we talk about it, so people don't forget. You know, I may be able to code switch and use the words that you do, but you're going to see and hear about this black face every single time that we talk. So let's not think there's a level of sameness here because I definitely show up. Um, differently. And I, I know how to code switch. I've talked about it on this show before at a previous podcast that we talked about a whole episode around code switching and how do you do that. But if we want our money to be diverse so that it grows, wouldn't we want our organizations to be diverse so that they grow in different ways and we can appeal to more audiences? It just seems like such a base level, like the, the floor is so low, the bar is so low to set. Why are we not reaching that 
you know, as a society. So I challenge all of us to think about how do you show up in your work and freeing yourself from contorting to be pleasing and consumable to the masses. And sometimes you're not going to find it in the, the workplace that you're in and you're going to have to leave. And I'm not, this is not a thing to say, quit your job and leave. That's not it at all. So PSA, don't do that. Cause I can't, I take no responsibility for you doing that choice for yourself. These are just my thoughts, but think about that as you're in your workplace and like, is this an environment that I can fully show up in? And to be honest, if you're black, um, and I'll speak from my experience as a black person, but not for all black people, we can't really show up fully ourselves. I, first of all, I don't want to get fired. First and last, that's it. I don't want to get fired. Because if I showed up to work exactly how I am in like my regular life, child, that's going to be my last day. And I'm not ready to, to you know, collect the final check yet. I haven't, I haven't accumulated enough vacation for it to make sense to get a payout. But anywho, so there's that. Free yourself from, from those things and think about them a little bit deeper. And I hope they spark some conversation in your mind and that you're able to talk to folks around you about that as well. And then the second topic I had um, is around emotional transfer. Emotional transfer. Have you ever been in a friendship with someone or a relationship or even like a collegial relationship or acquaintanceship where you open yourself up, you know, you are engaged in being vulnerable and whatnot. And then the person like they have this way of like just transferring their energy. And I, and I don't know that people do it intentionally. I think there's certainly people that are, can be manipulative and they do it with intention and they want that you to take on those feelings that they have or to be upset or to be moved in um, a non-productive way. Um, and I find myself, I don't know what it is about me because I'm like, I'm the common denominator in all of these things. But there are times when I, I will take on people's emotions. Like, so for example, like in work, if my supervisor is anxious about something, which is every day, then she tries, she is anxious in a way that I can pick up because I'm like, well, maybe I should be anxious about this. And I'm just trying to be mindful around how do I let her anxiety sit with her and not take on her anxiety, even because I'll, I'll be like confident about something. And then she'll ask me just enough questions and kind of like this anxiety pr producing way that I'm like, well, did I make the right decision? And I get so pissed off every time I think about it because I'm like, I did make the right decision. I did the right thing, and I'm going to stand by that. And I don't know how to, like, help her with all this anxiety, but it's not for me to help out. These are, these are the answers to the questions, the end. And so um, for those of us who are um, sensitive to energies, and I'm not saying, like, in this, like, clairvoyant way because I don't fully know what that means, but I'm not, like, picking up energy like from people like who are not alive and things like that. But I think if you are, you open yourself up to, you know, receiving information and really being present with people. And so you feel that emotion and that energy, it can be easy to be susceptible to pick that up. So I don't have an answer of how to do that. But if you're one of those people who like will drop like an emotional bomb or like some shit on the table and then leave, stop doing that. And if you're one of those people that's like me and you pick up on that stuff, like I, I, I've been trying to be like super thoughtful around what am I picking up that's not mine and how do I leave it there? And sometimes I just have to be like, oh, you know what? I'll be right back. I need to step to the restroom real quick. And uh, these people probably think I pee so much at work. Um, I do drink a lot of water, but that's not the point. But 
I get up because I'm like, ooh, like, let me get a, a moment to regroup because you're giving me a lot and I'm taking on so much of this and I don't need to take it on. So I don't exactly know how to manage or navigate not being uh, receiving that emotional energy. But if you're a person that transfers the emotional emotions, especially if you do it intentionally, that sucks. Like, don't do that. Um, because it's, it, I take that as unkind and you not being, um, mindful of what you're trying to give to the next person. We don't all have to sit in a, a place of anxiousness or bitterness or anger or malice towards other people. But the, that emotional transfer stuff is real. I feel like I saw that in a movie a long time ago when it was like a transference of energy or something. And like one person walks in, like I walk into a room, I'm fine. But the other person I'm talking to has an attitude. And five minutes in, now I have an attitude too. And I don't even know why, because I walked in fine. But that shit is real. The emotional transfer is real. I'm going to try some, maybe try to find some stuff and some articles on it. <coughs> Excuse me. And revisit that topic. But like... Ooh, like being so present with people that you relate and can feel their energy is exhausting. So I have to I have to take care of myself in those moments and come correct with my own level of confidence and know that things are going to work out the way that they're supposed to. So uh, my apologies if that was a little bit all over the place, but Sometimes, you know, you just get those things and you're like, what do I do with this? Like they've dropped this thing and now I've picked it up and I don't want it. So how do I meditate my way through this? How do I, who do I talk to to like move beyond this point and not uh, choose to stay in that, uh, that space of receiving somebody else's emotions? <sighs> Excuse me. Clearly still sick. So I'm going to throw a few podcasts at y'all to... Hopefully check out in the next few days. Um, ones that I've recently listened to. Um, Call Your Girlfriend is a podcast I used to listen to like when they first, first started like five years ago. And I just kind of fell off because the topics um, weren't something that I wanted to listen to. But I picked up one today. It's called Financial. It's episode 225 um, called Financial First. And they de demystify two big adults money moves, buying a house and investing. Super helpful podcast. Very, very digestible. I loved it. I'm probably going to listen again so that I get some gems and jewels from that. Um, let's see. I listened to a few Death, Sex, and Money episodes with Anna Sale. Um, Anne Lamont talks about uh, Death Sucks and It's Holy. And it was just a really a really um, good episode, if, you, if there can be a good episode, around the topic of death and dying and mourning and how sometimes it sucks. And um, that you never get over the folks who have passed away and it's OK to never like heal from that pain. That doesn't mean it's at the forefront of your mind every day. But I think there's a rush sometimes to get through that painful state and it's just going to exist and be there. So it was a really good episode. And then the last one, new new podcast picked up. It's called Money Diaries. It's a refi refinery 29 um, podcast and it's. I listened to about three episodes and they're all tackling money things in a very tangible way. And they talk to you as though you are learning about money. Not that you know what all of these other things mean, but it was super accessible in the way they talked about money and related it to food. Um, like your risk, like think of spicy food as your risk tolerance being high. And over time you lose the ability to, you know, kind of 
uh, absorb spicy foods and thus your, your tolerance level becomes more conservative. So you have less spicy food. That's a super random analogy that I just shared, but it was on there. And I was like, damn, this makes sense. I get it. Um, and the last one was uh, The Secret Lives of Black Women. They had episode 15 that came out last week. It was on Advocating for Yourself with Dr. Deborah Hardy Cartwright. And she is an OBGYN that's based in, I think, Maryland. And she just said some really great things about advocating for yourself in your um, medicine, medical uh, view, I guess, your medical world, if you are you know, having issues as a woman, primarily as a woman of color, and haven't how to navigate those spaces. It was just things that I didn't actually think of before. And I was like, damn, she's right. And this is coming from like a black woman doctor and just giving you some real tangible words to say of like how you advocate for yourself if you feel like you're not being heard in the space or you feel like you want to ask like, can I get a second opinion? And like the answer is yes, you can get a second opinion. Um, but finding the courage to say that or what's the other one that she used? Like some things like to ask them to document that they refuse to do a test or asking, like, is there a less invasive procedure that this could be handled with as opposed to this thing where you cutting a knife into, like, I don't know, my abdomen or something? Is there some is there like a less invasive um, less complicated thing that we could do. So that was a really good episode, and it just gave me so many like things to think about in terms of my own wellness and healthcare as I get ready to go to the doctor um, in the next day or so. Of like, okay, how do I, you know, unfortunately armor up to be able to talk to this person about what I've, how I've been feeling and whatnot. So those are some some podcasts that I'm sure I've talked about most of those before, with the exception to Call Your Girlfriend and The Money Diaries, because those are both kind of new-ish and new to me. So that's all I got for this week. Thanks for listening. This is kind of a long episode, but I hope you got something out of it. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. You can, wherever you listen to podcasts, obviously you found me, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, all of those places. Rate and review if you feel like it. No matter what, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>